0: Hey
1: there, this is Andy and this is Chelsea. Welcome to the season two bonus episode of Hugging and Learning, where we're going to answer all your questions and talk about season two and rank our favorite episodes and snacks and all that stuff.
2: Could you say, could you say, welcome to the season two bonus?
1: Welcome to the season two bonus. Bonus. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just do that every time somebody <laughs> says bonus? Bonus. Pew, 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 pew. Pitbull. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we have an amazing snack from our listener, Jeff Noble, who has sent us several episode suggestions, which have been great, and oh. now has sent us a snack episode, which is up to the Jeff Noble standard. Indeed, We have here 45% milk chocolate peanut butter bonbons from Vosges Chocolates in Chicago, where we both used oh, to hey, live, nice. so it's a little bit of a throwback. These are pink Himalayan salts infused into peanut butter, and milk chocolate topped with Malden sea salt. Good Christ. Bonbons, and they look amazing. Two different
2: kinds of salt, you got it.
1: All right, let's give them a shot. Yeah. I'm trying to put you in the worst mood. Uh, P1 cleaner
2: than your church shoes. Billy uh, Point 2, just to hurt you. Uh, all red lamps to tease you. Uh, none of these toys from never need cuz that I went to skinny pieces that she can't would a face when I love my babe you talking money need to hear and aid you
1: talking about me i don't see a shade so chama sala ti penny lei so chama cobra and i pay it i'm a
2: it has lived up to its name as the french say good good
1: <laughs> these are amazing i mean vogues is known for just having these elegantly crafted uh, very exquisite chocolates mm-hmm. and what i like about these is that they are peanut butter bonbons and they're very peanut butter forward uh-huh. it's not like a Reese's cup or like a chocolate covered peanut butter thing where it's an equal chocolate peanut butter That's yeah. like, these are peanut butter with like a small layer of chocolate around them and the sea salt on top They're so good.
2: It's working overtime. So welcome to the inaugural Jeff Noble bonus snack time hour. Uh,
1: (laughs) Miles, did you have thoughts? Man,
0: these were good. What I really appreciated was the transition between the the chocolate texture and the peanut butter texture, mm-hmm. and it just felt like one fluid, delicious thing. Mm-hmm. I want to live inside of it. You right? you okay, <laughs> I'm coming back. You I'm coming right? back now. Like,
1: woo! Oh. <laughs> Miles's voice just got kind of like intro to an R&B song there. It really did. <laughs> that brings us into a, a good transition into our first uh, bonus sewed query, which is, we did it last time, we got to do it again ranking our fave and least fave snacks of season two
2: favorite and least favorite which way do you want to do this
1: let's go least favorite first
2: for easy easy peasy (laughs) lemon squeezy what do you got speaking of lemons sour patch kids ice cream yeah that was gross that was super gross it was terrible y'all it was like there was ice cream but then like a raspberry shit in it (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly how it is. It's like raspberries like, fuck your ice cream.
1: (laughs) I have a two-way tie for my least favorite snack. Mm -hmm. Actually, three-way, because one of them was two. The root beer float and pancake and syrup peeps. Oh, you ain't wrong. Those were, they just tasted like a chemical fire in your mouth. Those were terrible. And then tied with the banana nut chocolate chip soft top cookies from Ralph's.
2: Oh, yeah, those weren't great. Those
1: were just like eating gross little pillows
2: yes as opposed to eating delicious little pillows
1: yeah i mean like those mints you get at a wedding are delicious little pillows or
2: target sells some delicious pillows yeah <laughs> they're doing brand. a lot of
1: collabs right now um <laughs> i what also
2: you- did not care i'm so sorry to say this but i did not care for any of the hey look i'm not complaining about anybody who sends us snacks but Uh, uh, listeners, uh, Courtney and Lane and Jackson sent us these Japanese snacks, all of which made me want to (laughs) die the lemon pink salt flavored pea crackers the the corn cheese banana chips, which I didn't even try because I knew (laughs) and then the green tea flavored pumpkin seeds I, listen, I can't Nobody ever said good intentions were the most delicious thing.
1: No, and you know when you send us snacks, listeners, that we're going to be honest about how we feel about them. Yes, um, it's no reflection on you, and we're always happy to have them. Well. I liked the I liked those <laughs> pea crackers. I feel like I actually ate more of those pea crackers after.
0: Well, we must have really had some duds this season because I uh, I found the horror bro fizzy cola Ugh. gummies to be pretty bad those too. I think horrible. I think as a group, us included, especially, we just need to up our game on. I think you're right. on Snacks. Because
2: I think I got those fizzy cola ones, and that was definitely a last minute, oh yeah, I got a podcast <laughs> episode yeah. to record.
1: I really liked the, I was the only one of us who liked the Chase's t- Cherry Mash that I got yeah. for the Leave It to Beaver, the vintage snack. Yeah. I liked those. Everyone else thought they were gross. Sure. It tasted like something you'd eat in the <laughs> Depression. Yeah. <laughs> It's
2: like, it's like, like it was made on rations. <laughs> like I live next to a cherry pitting factory. <laughs> They're just
1: throwing away these pits. Hey, yeah. It's,
2: uh, hey, <laughs> quick, throw some chocolate on this cherry runoff. <laughs> um. So, yeah, let's uh, switch over to snacks we actually enjoyed, please. Yeah. Other than the cherry mash. Uh, Chelsea, which snacks did you enjoy this year?
1: I had an, another two-way tie mm. between Trader Joe's Sea Salt Brownie Petites. Yeah which were really good, yep. really good mixture of chocolate and sea salt, sort of like that salty sweet. And they're small, so you can eat a fistful of them. Yeah. And the cinnamon toast crunch churros. Oh, those are real good. Which I have purchased again since oh, sure. purchasing them for this podcast. I
2: see them in the in the mm-hmm. store every now and then and I'm like, well, do I want to make the whole commitment of buying this yeah. and milk?
1: This, this is also uh, to say I disqualified Rocky Road Trip Oreos since they were technically a season one snack. We did have them again in season Doesn't two. Doesn't
2: matter because that's my favorite. Uh, Miles, <laughs> if you could Miles, I'd like you to put some, some sentimental music under this. Mm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Arms of an Angel is fine but if you can get it that Alanis Morissette song where she's like, thank you, India. Put that under this. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay, Ladies and gentlemen, Rocky Road Trip Oreo cookies were <laughs> definitely the best snack of this season. And August is come and gone. We're recording this on September the 1st. So it looks like they're never coming back. Aww. So... um
1: so the in-memoriam section of the bonus is. <laughs> I want you to picture
2: an Oreo cookie like on the set of a famous movie oh in my black God. and white.
0: Let me get you a Kleenex. Hold on a Please, second. Please, yeah. yeah. I
2: am definitely crying. In the <laughs> <laughs> but I still, every now and then, will go on Amazon and the price just keeps going up for these random boxes of cookies. And I'm like, well, by now, they're going to be fucking terrible, right?
1: Well, it's like, And who's
2: holding on to them this long to sell them on Amazon?
1: Why does Oreo not understand? Why hasn't Nabisco gotten our letters?
2: So many bullshit flavors still out there, oh, including God. regular chocolate instead of that dark chocolate. It's just stupid. I I recently saw because uh, Halloween's coming up. They have fun Halloween Oreos, which have orange filling and like a ghost on one side of the cookie. Huh. So yeah, I guess uh, we're pouring one out, um, which I guess would be milk uh, <laughs> for Rocky Road trip Oreos. Um, rest in peace. Rest in
0: power.
1: <laughs> what was your favorite?
0: Uh, none of these, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> going down the list here, and none of them are tens. None of them are n- not even nines or eights. On my I, again, I think I have to go back and say we. I think as a group, we just need to figure this out for ourselves.
1: Yeah,
0: you know, yeah. we did well, improve a ourselves lot of, in the future. I'm sorry, Miles,
2: yeah. Mister. All right, what's in this freezer aisle that I can? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's true. On. This
1: season we were heavy on the grocery store snacks. We didn't have anything on the level of like the ensamadas or something that someone That's handmade all or right. like even a small batch. From a little local bakery or something, we had more of that in the first season. This season, we were we were garbage to ourselves. Yeah.
2: Do we want to make that a solemn promise that season three will be the season of excellent snacks?
1: Yes, let's do Ed, it.
2: Edit this out. I don't have time for that. <laughs> no, let's fucking
1: let's Fresh go to snacks. town. Let's yeah, let's yeah. just give. Let's just try. We're let's, gonna try. We'll do at least fifty percent, right? Not prepackaged.
2: I mean, you're still gonna have to have like, hey, this looks horrible. Let's try this. Of
1: course. We've covered snacks, and Lord knows that's our top priority, so we could stop there. But, <laughs> but no! We might as well continue on this best and worst thing and yeah. talk about which episodes from season two nailed the format. And I'm going to go ahead and refresh, refresh our listeners' memory as to the criteria. So we watched very special episodes from the 70s, 80s, 90s. 2000s. We've done the teens now as well. And we try to establish whether or not this is an episode that you would show to a child or a teenager grappling with the issue of the very special episode. In 2019... I mean, I guess you can also ask, would I have shown it to them the year that it aired? Usually, if it did a good job, then it would, it still applies. And if it didn't, then it, it doesn't. <laughs> the passage of time does not help.
2: No, um, it's, it's, it's no, none of these, uh, time is not the friend of any of these episodes. Right. So
1: let's do the worst and the best. Oh, it- man.
2: Give me a second. Here. Okay, I'll go first. Please.
1: So my three worst, in order of least damaging to the audience, to most... Or least damaging to a child to most. Moesha birth control. This one has the sin of having attempted something that could have been very influential to its audience. Yeah. And very necessary conversation to start. And then really just botching the opportunity. It's like we talked about camp. You know, if you shoot for the stars and you fuck up spectacularly, it's like a bigger fuck up than if you were only... Trying to do something mediocre. Sure. So I feel like with this is uh, this is a real, a real swing and a miss, Moesha. And then I also chose the LSD story of Dragnet. Boy howdy. Just because it wasn't even like like to compare that to Quincy or even Chips in terms of the Punkers episodes we did this season. At least in Quincy there were stakes. Like someone was being poisoned. There were yeah. re- there was a reason for people to be running around crazy, trying to catch the kiddos and then in the chips episode stakes were lower but something had been stolen some things had been stolen in this episode Um, of dragnet nothing is really going on the cops are all worked up into a lather over really nothing and it just it stinks so much of propaganda when you watch it now and it just felt to me to be just really doing way more harm than good yeah um and then The one that I thought did the most harm—the most (laughs) harm—was the Beaver and Andy episode of Leave It to Beaver. Yeah, it's not great. In terms of making it truly, in the final analysis, making a small child feel like he is responsible for a grown man's sobriety.
2: Good lord, yeah.
1: And not explaining any of the of the uh, sort of like underlying causes or how to deal with alcoholism in any way just being like that guy's the town drunk and he was on the wagon till you gave him a drink little kid. Yeah. Just terrible.
2: Yeah, it's not it's not great. It goes along like and then they're like at the end they're like I guess we should be more forthcoming from now on or not, whatever. Right. <laughs> you know, I hope you're not too traumatized, Beaver. Uh, and then cut to 10 years later when Beaver's an alcoholic and yep. the cycle repeats. Mm-hmm. My three um, were <laughs> definitely LSD story was was terrible. Not only in uh, execution and its subject matter and, and you know, the, the propaganda that ended up being sort of harmful to the medical industry in total. Right. It's just misguided from beginning to end. And it really puts forth this idea of the, the fuzz being out of control, reckless, and misguided. Mm-hmm. I also, I, just because it didn't mean anything, uh, Family Matters, Out With The Old. Yeah. It just didn't, it just, we, we revisited date auctions and it didn't even <laughs> give us anything to go on yeah, there. Yeah, guess what?
1: They're not better it's than not, they it's were. still not
2: great. Doesn't matter if you put them in a high school gym or the... Doesn't
1: matter if you got Jaleel White playing three characters in one me. episode.
2: And that's the other thing was like most of that episode, if you showed it to a bunch of kids, then you'd have to like pause every second and be like, no, he's also, that." no, that's his cousin, <laughs> but no, he's also two people. But hold on now, because after he goes to space later on, <laughs> let's back up a little bit. Yeah. So they're, they're in pirate times. <laughs> uh, okay. yeah, I see you're confused. That would be detrimental to children trying to learn a thing. And then, for an episode that was didn't quite nail what it was attempting to do, definitely had something to it, mm-hmm. and if you showed it to kids, it might just be more confusing than anything, was Courage the Cowardly Dog's uh, Freaky Fred.
1: Oh, see, I put that in a special category between best and worst, because I was like...
2: Funny because it's also on my best list yeah. as well.
1: I was like, this feels to me if it's, <laughs> I'm glad we have the same reaction mm. because it feels like it sets up something so well. Yeah. And then doesn't stick the landing because yes. there's no sort of like, and here's what you do with, we've put you in a situation where now we've set up something that feels, for all intents and purposes, like a very accurate. Under like an on an under-the-skin level accurate portrayal of what mm. it would feel like to be molested as yeah. a child, but then we haven't told you what to do with that feeling. Exactly. Um, or, However, or how to help yourself.
2: Yeah. However, if you're a child dealing with feelings that you don't understand, it's a, a brilliant representation of mm-hmm. those feelings to let you know that something's wrong. Yes. So in approaching the subject... In a constructive way to help kids understand how to take action, not so much. To alert children that these feelings are, you know, exist mm-hmm. and are something to alert them that something's wrong. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah, and if someone's
1: best. doing something to you and no one else seems to think it's a problem, but you know it's a problem, mm-hmm. that that's valid. Yeah. But then it doesn't doesn't quite, because it's only a 15-minute animated also, episode of... A cartoon, You know, it doesn't quite tell you, like, and then, then you do this. You know, yeah. like, here's how you get – here's how you manage those feelings or here's how you get help. Or
2: It does. It lives right on the best and worst line. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. What did um, you think, Miles? I, I
0: completely agree with your assessment of some of these bad episodes that we've done this season. And I feel very similarly to the Courage the Cowardly Dog episode. I think that the way that it used metaphor – as a vehicle to sort of to get these ideas of, of how to deal with that the, these certain feelings exist is was really interesting tactic that we haven't seen before and I am curious as if we'll ever see it again I mm-hmm. I don't think we I, think, I don't think we will
2: You know what it it reminds me of an episode that I think we'll we'll talk about later definitely one of the the big ones a my name is Alex uh, family ties is sort of like a weird esoteric abstract Hmm. kind of representation of grief. So let's try to remember whenever we get to that episode, I think that one's going to nail what Mm. this one didn't because it also has like a, 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 it's helping somebody process it at the same time. Cool. cool. Looking forward to that. Yeah, sounds yeah. like
1: a season three home episode. run, um,
2: perhaps. So, but the other the other best ones. Let's uh, yeah. talk about those. Uh, so, yeah, Kurt's cowardly dog is on my best list as well. Uh, Punky Brewster, mm-hmm. uh, Cherry Li- Cherry Lifesaver, because it's become the kids trapped in a refrigerator episode. It doesn't seem like it's doing what it's supposed to do, but it it's actually an episode about CPR. Right, and and in that. It not only sets up its mission to be like, hey, here's what CPR is, but also shows children correctly applying it and a situation in which you would need it. Yep. So that one I feel like was one of the most successful ones. And then uh, Hey Arnold, Arnold's Christmas mm-hmm. was also a really good one as far as uh, education and teaching kids about You know, very specific things about their community and about uh, an under, you know, a a, a rarely explored sort of situation.
1: Yeah. Um, I also have Cherry Lifesaver on my list of best. Number one, because we know it saved someone's life. Like Mm -hmm. we have that anecdote that some kids did learn CPR from it at the time. And saved a grown man's life. So it it does a very good job of showing you how to do CPR if you're a child. And then also, even if it didn't intend to keep kids from playing in refrigerators, we all remembered not to play in refrigerators after that came out. So it's almost like a double very special episode. And it, well, the unintentional side of it was more successful than the intentional side. But the yeah. intentional side was also objectively successful in at least one instance. It worked out every which way. It feels a little bit dated and it feels a little bit hokey. The writing on Punky Brewster holds up yeah. in this episode. The kids are fine actors. You know, yeah. like the adults are pretty good actors. It's, it's, it's not painful to watch. Yeah. Um, or no, so. painful
2: moments, um, and then brilliantly painful moments like the 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 spectacular. I ain't good enough to be good for nothing. Yeah, that fucking kid, what's that kid's name?
1: That's no, not Robbie Jason.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That'd be drug dealt, Robbie Jason. It's it's the no, it's the, it's Rambo. It's like this I dressed also- up as Rambo for right.
1: For- Oh, Alan. Alan. This is oh, also it. the cash on the barrelhead episode.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the father from Teen Wolf <laughs> as a refrigerator huckster. Good Lord. Uh, but so, Things that live in a fever dream.
1: <laughs> that probably tops my list in terms of like, would I show this to kids to teach mm-hmm. them CPR and not to play in refrigerators? Yes, I would. Sure. I also thought is isn't it romantic episode of the Golden Girls. Oh, for sure. Handled I'm not quite sure exactly what you would what you would call it. But the idea of like if a person if you're straight and a person had a same sex attraction to you, how to kind of deal with those sure. feelings and and validate that person and validate those feelings and then gently say, but I don't reciprocate them. I hope we can be friends, you know? And I know that we talked a little bit about the criticisms that people have leveled at the golden girls in terms of their gay characters showing up for one episode and teaching one of the principal characters something. And then we never Mm -hmm. see them again. And that is definitely true because we don't ever see that character again, but it's an episode that made me feel like uh, at the height of the AIDS crisis where just being around gay people, was a felt like a liability or mm-hmm. it scary
2: it was portrayed as that yeah yeah
1: to have this on network television feels to me to be brave and i think that it watching it now it holds up sure in terms of the one that still hits me in the feels and the amazing acting and amazing writing sure. to watch papa's got a brand new excuse episode of fresh prince of yeah. bel-air i mean obviously like that's the most memorable episode of that entire series arguably that it's still great to watch. It's still funny. It's really still punches you in the feels at the end. Mm-hmm.
0: How about some love out there for Happy Days, Smoking Ain't okay. Cool? Let's give
1: some love to Smokin
0: Ain't Cool from Happy Days. Hey, this
1: guy's got it. I'm hey. sorry. Are you saying that's a best or worst? That's one of my favorite ones. Oh, one of your favorite yeah, ones. Yeah, I'm not
0: saying it's a best one, but I'm saying it's one of my favorite ones. What I like so about it is how with- they use Fonzie's USDA grade a coolness <laughs> to fight this issue. I think is a lot of fun and I really enjoyed the Fair episode. Enough. Miles, big fan of hey. the search around and gutters he hey. looking for butts.
1: They're groping around looking for a butt. <laughs> groping around looking for a butt.
2: <laughs> that, that was that's an interesting Miles Pulaski <laughs> That was
1: an interesting one that we haven't encountered the like of actually uh before or since of like the show was made in the 70s, 70s yeah. but it's set in the 50s mm-hmm. so we've got a 50s problem that we're trying to combat with 70s information
2: mm-hmm.
1: and yeah it <laughs> but, was a
2: but the problem is they had to they had to set it in the 50s where all of the all the information was unknown at the time so it's a lot <laughs> of like some scientists think <laughs> yeah. I heard a rumor.
1: It might cause cancer. Yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> I was reading in the almanac the other day. <laughs> <Right>. uh,
1: <laughs> okay. So now let's move on to which episode we haven't done yet that we are excited to do in season three. This was a listener question that came in on social media. Now that you've brought up this uh, Family Ties episode uh, about grief, I'd be I, interested to watch that.
2: I'd completely forgotten about it. It is our only... We made a big list of these episodes. It's our only Emmy Award winning mm. or nominated, no winning episode. It's, it's yeah, wow. Family Ties. A, My Name is Alex won an Emmy.
1: All right, we got to do that. Um,
2: I remember it, even at the time, being a bit overwrought.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I think that'd be a good one to do this. Yeah. That'd be a good classic episode. I'm excited this year to try to do a Silver Spoons episode. Uh-huh. Yeah, throw it back. Because, mostly because I remember Silver Spoons being like, uh, you know, an 80s style Richie Rich, where it's like, oh, he's got a train that goes through his living room and he's got arcade games. Can you imagine owning an arcade game? (laughs) And I bet looking back, it's going to be garish and shitty. Like (laughs) now in our our new modern, you know, justified hatred of the rich. I have a feeling it's going to be like, wow, look at these rich people and their shit problems. Right,
1: right. Oh no. The butler put the silver in the in the bronze pantry or whatever. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, you know rich people.
1: <laughs> put the silver in the bronze pantry?
2: Bronze pantry.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to ground zero. We are bronze pantry. <laughs>
1: They're definitely on Quincy's radar. Okay, I am excited to- (laughs)
2: The cause of murder. An ice pick and bronze (laughs) pantry. (laughs)
1: I'm putting bronze pantry on trial. (laughs) (laughs) I am excited to do another episode of Designing Women. We didn't Mm -hmm. do one in season two. And- uh very important update for our listenership when we did our designing women episode in season one there was nowhere that you could stream designing women and we fussed about that being a national disappointment
2: and did someone listen to us someone did
1: because now you can stream the entire series on hulu just as of a couple of days ago as far as when hulu told me hey don't you want to watch designing women and i was like you've noticed how many times i've searched for designing women (laughs) 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 haven't you hulu hey lady
2: Lay off. <laughs> You're, designing, You're women.
1: designing women. Please leave us alone. I'm excited that we can now watch that on Hulu and yeah. we could do another episode. There's also an episode, uh, a two-part episode of The Golden Girls that Susan Harris wrote based on her own experience where... Oh, yeah. You mentioned this yeah, one. Yeah. Where Dorothy goes to her doctor and says, there's something wrong with me and the doctor dismisses her and doesn't believe her and yeah. it's very becomes very dangerous, which is... supposed to be fantastic.
2: Right. And then the last thing that I'm excited to do, I've been excited ever since I found out about it, was the one and only, as far as I can tell, the only episode that you're able to find of a series called The Baxters, Mm -hmm. which is a Norman Lear produced. It went through so many iterations. It started out as an American-Canadian sitcom, and then Norman Lear took over production, and... Basically, what it is, is it's a 30 minute episode, 15 minutes of which is the average sitcom that presents a family dealing with an issue. And then the second half is a live studio audience talking about that issue.
1: What? Yeah. Like, and like, like a talk back, like a theater yeah. talk back. Like it's just somebody
2: who's like, What did you think about that issue? Well, I thought this. And the only episode that I can find has this 15 minute episode and then. The talkback was supposed to be, like, your local station would cut in hmm. and do that. And the one that I found is uh, from uh, Chicago. So this is a, I think, 1979 Chicago audience talking about women's lib, if I'm not mistaken. Oh,
1: my gosh. Amazing. Yeah, it's
2: as amazing as you might think. So I'm very excited to do that one uh, for so, so many reasons.
1: And then I think it goes without elaboration that we're excited to do the New Kids on the Black Christmas special.
0: Yep. <laughs> I had no expectations for season three at the beginning of this conversation. But now after listening to you, I have... High expectations of oh, oh, three are my wow. expectations. They'll have to match our snack expectations.
1: Yeah, we're really setting the bar. <laughs> yeah, i no, just getting right. kind that's of tired thing. about all the expectations we've S- set for ourselves. Snack <laughs> expectations. Um, this leads us into a listener question. Do you plan all episodes out before the season starts? You mentioned that season two, uh, in season two, a theme kind of emerged. Mm-hmm. Just curious if most episodes are planned out or others come up more spontaneously based on guests.
2: Actually, uh, there's so many answers to this, but I did chart out how we pick episodes generally. Oh. It's a four-step process. Uh-huh. Number one, we pick an episode or a show that we want to do. Yeah. Then we record those. And then we go, wait, what's the opposite of those episodes? And then we do those ones. And then we look back at the episodes we've done and be like, have we been more funny or serious? And then we pick an episode that's the opposite of that. And then we repeat the process.
0: That's actually pretty, I think,
1: pretty solid. Yeah. 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 Season one was really like the week we were recording, being like, gah, we got to pick one. Yeah. I mean, we do have a massive spreadsheet of hundreds of episodes to choose from. So it's not like we're just uh, Googling very special episodes every week. Yeah. But uh, the season one was really very catch as catch can. Season two, we sat down and planned and pretty much stuck to the whole season at the top of the season. You know, we said, here are all the episodes we want to do. And we altered a little bit in terms of um, if we had a guest come in, we obviously we deferred to them. What, what did they want to do? We try to balance it out between things we thought were going to be really dumb mm-hmm. and thus really funny. Yeah. And things that m- seems like they dealt with more serious content or they might have been handled better, and thus were going to be more sort of cerebral-pensive episodes. Yeah,
2: and we tried to, you know, give one week of right. seriousness, one week of ridiculousness, when when at all possible. And yeah. then, yeah, we definitely sat down, and the last half or third was 100% like this, then this, then this, then this, 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 this. Right. Um, which I thought went really well. And I did, wouldn't, too. And wouldn't mind doing that again uh, yeah. this time around.
1: I don't think we could have set... A theme.
2: Uh-uh. That really came it out It just of really
1: was like, we did the Punkers episode and it was so funny mm-hmm. that we thought we just got to watch the others too, you know? Yeah.
2: I mean, the, the Punkers episode or the Punkers theme came from the suggestion of a Quincy episode, which was a li- listener suggestion, but they suggested a far too serious episode mm-hmm. and then had the Punkers episode as a backup. Or, yeah. Or this one. Or this one. And then that was just so much fun. And then our guest Kylie mentioned that there was another one and then we just went from there. Yeah. And, you know, it's a, it's a, there's a lot to to mine from all yeah. of that.
1: Yeah. Those Punkers episodes gave us so much, not the least of which was the Escape Goat.
0: The Escape goat. Our official
1: podcast mascot. Mm-hmm. Um, so
0: th- now. Speaking of which, have you seen the Escape goat recently? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, he got out. <laughs> he escaped. That's <Dude. laughs>
2: oh.
1: the only thing he's good at.
2: I blame him for it.
1: <laughs>
2: Do we want to try to... What would a good theme for this next season be?
1: I don't know, man.
2: It's weird. Um,
1: I feel like the theme has to emerge organically.
2: I feel like that's that's probably the case as well. Yeah, no. We'll see. We'll um, see. Like The first five or six episodes, if we see something, we'll latch onto it. Like so many punkers latching onto... <laughs> stick fighting or maybe you have an idea out there valued listener what would you like our theme to be you know what we'll take a challenge if you if you're like hey listeners help us
1: speaking of guests i have another listener question here mm-hmm. what is different when you record with a guest
2: a uh, good question it really depends on the guest obviously we have to to sort of balance our banter and and the way we do our show with trying to be as inclusive as possible that and just trying to stay flexible yeah see what they they bring up as well
1: yeah it's fun having guests i feel like every time we have a guest it doesn't matter how well we know them before we sit down we learn something about that person with of course the episode which is just fun we also tend to those recording sessions run really long, yeah. And Miles has a lot of work on the back end to keep them to our uh, to get them down to our normal time frame. But that,
2: that keeps him out of trouble.
1: It does keeps him off the streets. Off the streets. Um, when we have guests, we tend to get a little rowdier. I don't know why. It's just like the energy level goes up by a factor sure. of whatever one or <laughs> two, depending on how many guests we have, and uh, things can tend to spin off into like He-Man, Shira. That's true. Going berserk and just laughing too hard and not. Like having to rein it in.
2: It's mostly based on the idea that somebody comes forward and is like, "I know this one episode that I I think would be great," and it's that sort of shared, you know, incredulousness about <laughs> yes. the the subject matter, or the execution, or something like that. That's just exciting. That's the whole reason we do this. So, yeah.
1: This is the same uh, a similar question when we had last bonus episode. Mm-hmm. Which episode this season? needed the most research?
2: Oh, that's a good question. Uh, let's see, because I wrote it down.
1: For me, this is sad, but the thing that actually required the most research was that out with the old episode of Family Matters. Oh. Because I didn't know what was going oh, no, on. You're right, yeah. I had to be like, I'm sorry, wait, Stefan and Steve Urkel exist in the same timeline at the, at the same time? How does that work? Who's dating Laura? Where do they live? Mm-hmm. What? What is happening?
2: Who's this Myrtle Urkel? Yeah, person? who is Myrtle
1: Urkel? I had to go back I had to do so much back reading. Why
2: does she have like a thick southern accent? Yeah. Where everybody else is, you know. Talking like Chicago.
1: Exactly. Hey, it's me, Steve Urkel. At the Sizzle Club. Damn. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's me, (laughs) Willie (laughs) Fuffner. Willie Fuffner wasn't invited to this thing. He was not. He wasn't. No,
2: he's banned from the Sizzle Club.
1: The sad thing is, this is research that will never, ever aid me in any other part of my life. At least other times we've done research, I've you learned something that helped me a greater life, but I had to do a lot of research, just to understand that episode of family matters yeah. and I'll never get that time back.
2: I had to do a lot of research on, encourage on the cowardly dog to see mm. if I could find like verification of things. And, and it really led down some dark avenues and then yielded not much. Mm-hmm. Um, LSD story. I ended up going down a jazz research hole, uh, <laughs> which I feel like is the most appropriate thing ever. I saw the research man. The research walls were live and wavery. Um, and then uh, the the most research I think that I did was uh, the Golden Girls. Isn't it romantic episode? I ended up finding out a lot about the history of gay panic on television. Mm-hmm especially in the sitcom friends which is problematic at best and then finding out that there was an actual legal defense about that yeah. now it's just recently been sort of overturned and isn't used anymore that i think was the most the most research that i did but like all research it was accidental <laughs> and i didn't mean to i didn't set I didn't out to do to. i never <laughs> set out to do any research let alone a lot of it <laughs>
1: Here's the next question, mm-hmm. which came to us over social media. Which show do we wish that we could write on historical and current?
2: I just finished watching uh, Frasier again, sort of as like a I have work to do. I'll put this on in the background kind of a show. Mm-hmm. That show, when you boil it down, is pretty much all wordplay and puns with the added benefit of all of the characters being real smug and holier <laughs> than thou about their wordplay and puns. So I feel like that would have been... Really great for me. (laughs) I would have felt really good about it. It's like, I'm giving Niles Crane this pun. And then he acts like, oh, I also went to Harvard, bitch.
1: And then Daphne's making an unintentionally hilarious pun. And
2: then everybody looks at each other like, "Uh oh, Oh,
1: Daphne. Yeah. 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 I, of course, wish that I could have written on designing women. Sure. And uh, worked under the tutelage of Linda Bloodworth Thomason. There have been rumors swirling that there's a reboot coming up, so maybe it's possible that I could work on the new Designing Women.
2: There's also a Frasier reboot. Whoa, we could, all of our dreams could come true. Woo!
1: Yeah. What about current shows, if um, you could pick any show?
2: You know, there are a lot of them, and I tried to, to think of what I'd be perfect... To work on, the the most recent thing that came up, and if you haven't seen it, it's amazing, is a series called The Boys, which is on Amazon, it's a superhero sort of parody thing. It's because it's a parody and dark humor and also has an anti-corporate slant to it. I cool. would love to write something on that. All right. And it's also just an amazing series if you haven't cool. seen it. What about you?
1: My two favorite shows on TV right now are The Good Place, which unfortunately just wrapped its fourth season so no writing on that so i also just watched the whole first season of something i watched the whole first season of what we do in the shadows which is an fx show that just they just put on hulu i loved that movie when it came out um if you haven't seen it it's a mockumentary about vampires it's basically like the office if the office were about vampires and it's so the humor is so deadpan and mundane and un- just people being unintentionally hilarious because right. they take themselves too seriously, but vampires. Yeah. And the episodes are super short, so I watched the whole thing in one day. Yeah. But I would love to work on that show. It's just exactly my sense of humor. Sure. Uh, I I loved what we do in The Shadows season one. What uh-huh. about you, Miles, if you could sound design any any current happy show happy days eh? oh, oh no he's uh, only got to, one speed he's stuck on happy days need to break it to
2: you my friend that <laughs> show like just six
0: mics on
1: Fonzie <laughs> no mics on anybody yeah. else
2: I don't know if they've been renewed for another season in 2020
1: Anti
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: oh <laughs> B. <laughs> Z? Um, Ooh, would that be Bizarro's, be a Bizarro Fonzie?
1: Z. 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 Z-, Z- um, <laughs> smoking is cool. British Fonzie. No! Zed. Um,
0: Zed's dead, baby.
1: Okay. This is a question, um, I suppose, is fair. This is a question we got over social media. What do you do outside of watch TV and eat snacks? Absolutely. Oh it's a fair question.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I wrote down different snacks, better TV. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's amazing.
2: It's pretty much. And then, you know, Chelsea and I are both writers. We're both writers. Um, we have pets. Yep. Uh, travel. Travel.
1: Travel a lot. Miles and I are both, um, we are big into cooking. We cook a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both live in Los Angeles. And I think that uh, we do a fairly good job of like, really living in LA and going and doing stuff that comes up and exploring the city. And sure. it's a, it's a nice place to live for that reason. I like living in a place where I feel like I can be a tourist when I want to be.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and, uh,
2: developed strong feelings about hiking that I didn't realize I'd mm-hmm, ever have. Mm-hmm.
1: Mine are mostly anti, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Andy, as, as Andy mentioned, he has two cats, miles and I have a dog. So, you know, we're, uh, animal people, we do things with our animals.
2: Shout out Thunderdome and Edith.
1: <laughs> Shout out Booty and the dog. Oh, he's staring up at me from the floor right now. What really, really wishing he could tell you all his thoughts about our snacks, but we won't drop them on the floor for him. Mm-hmm. Miles has a real green thumb. He grows, he grows a lot of plants. Do you want to chime in on this?
0: Of a, a porch garden, I'm very proud of. <laughs> it's very lush.
1: <laughs> Welcome to Ground Zero. We are porch gardened. <laughs> <laughs> Opening
2: for Broad's Pantry.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Los Angeles.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's, absolutely. That's it. That's what we do outside of Watch TV and eat snacks. Better TV, better snacks. Yeah. Um, uh, next question from the internet. Have you put anything you've learned making the show into practice in your real life?
2: So I went back through... Every episode, and put them in order of what I used most wow. to what I use least. So ask me the question again.
1: Okay. Have you put anything you've learned uh, on the podcast into practice in real life? No.
2: <laughs> no, I'm sorry. There was literally fucking nothing. <laughs> if somebody had keeled over, maybe that like I could have done CPR on them.
1: Well, that's the thing is, I wish I had learned CPR from that episode, but I still couldn't do CPR so if you have passed out We had a discussion right about now. this
2: where it's like, oh. I don't think, Although is we, it five or 10 or 20 breaths?
1: We recently watched the episode of The Office where they do, they have the CPR person yeah. come in and there's a, what is the song she says? staying Alive. Staying Alive. Yeah. Okay. So now I know that to do it to the rhythm but of the Alive. But then if I think of
2: that, I'm just going to start laughing because they start singing and Kelly <laughs> is dancing in a weird like.
1: <laughs> and of course, Andy circle. loses his mind at the opportunity to like yeah. sing in front of his coworkers. I learned
2: I didn't learn anything about punkers that I didn't already know, mm. other than they're horribly persecuted. Um, And like stick fighting. Uh, Yeah, not not a lot. The the home improvement marijuana episode was the total fucking bust.
1: I don't think that was a bust. We had different episodes. I mean, I didn't really learn anything from that, but it did make me think about something I hadn't thought about really before, which was if you did things as a teenager or a college student and then you had kids experimenting with those same things, would you be honest with them well, as sure. a parent or would you lie to them? The episode doesn't tell you that's the thing really you don't much learn... of anything but it presents a dilemma that I hadn't thought yes. about before.
2: I see and I'm taking this specific question not as a like, oh well you did research. What did you learn from your research? I'm saying like the episode taught me a thing and there's just there's just nothing. There's yeah. just nothing here.
1: Well, the question's kind of a bust. All right. Yeah. Uh, which From which episode did you learn the most and what who did you want to hug the most this season? The penultimate and ultimate questions of any bonus episode.
2: Indeed. Chelsea, why don't you start out? I will.
1: I will say the episode from which I learned the most... I also had on my list of worst episodes, oddly. Hmm. So the LSD story episode of Dragnet, I learned the most. I learned a lot about LSD Mm -hmm. and psychedelics. And I learned a lot about the riots in LA in the 70s that I didn't know about. And so even though that episode of TV feels so pat and so propagandist and so dumb Mm -hmm. i did learn a lot from just our discussion about it and needing to do the research to put it in context
2: yeah i had no idea about some of the the quote-unquote riots and protests that were going on around those times or that you know a lot of the protests were just called riots because that was easy to do
1: right because it it sells it's a better headline right
2: yeah right in the
1: streets riots
2: and that uh, the the stop. What's that sound? Song is about yeah that
1: didn't know that
2: weird. I would be remiss if I didn't bring up as far as learning stuff. I feel like revisiting all summer in a day, which was the first episode mm-hmm. of this season, really taught me a lot about the, the things that I was shown as a child mm-hmm. in the name of education, and also like how problematic they were.
1: Yeah. And then... That made me angry. Yeah, not
2: great. And then I feel like I learned the most uh, just a, across a wide spectrum of topics from our two-part uh, Kim Possible episode. I feel like I learned a lot about Kim Possible, uh-huh. the mythos and relationships they're in. Yes. I learned a lot about Mary Chifo and how she feels about Kim Possible yeah. and what she knows about it. Uh, just lots and lots of stuff
1: Yeah, going Learned on what there. a Nako was. That was yeah. a new one by me. The,
2: there was a rap about a naked mole. Rat, Rat no. yeah,
1: yeah. You heard over. the whole thing. Rat.
2: Yep, that was a good one. Those were the ones. And who did who did we want to hug?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is kind of this feels like cheating to me because it's such a no-brainer. But I want to hug Will Smith at the end of *Papa's Got a Brand New sure. Excuse*. I mean, I've always wanted to hug him at the end of that episode since the first time I saw it so that feels a little bit like that feels like a gimme so out disqualifying that one yeah i also
2: disqualify wanting to get hugged by Uncle, Uncle Phil, Phil uh,
1: which we all do yeah. did and do I kind of want to hug Alan at the end of Cherry Lifesaver for blaming nah, himself
2: he deserves what he got
1: I'm not good enough to be good for nothing that's yeah. going to be in therapy for the rest of his life well
2: maybe then he'll stop dressing up like fucking Rambo <laughs> for career day that's true that's not that's not good. <laughs> that's so problematic on so many levels. What do you want to be when you grow up? I don't know. Rambo <laughs> fucking
1: burned out vet, who <laughs> fucking murders people. I hope there'll be another Vietnam so I can go through that so I can what? come back.
2: Well, don't worry about it, Chelsea, because
0: coming soon is actual movie Rambo The Last Blood. Which means that there's a job opening for Rambo. <laughs> So he might have a career opportunity. You know what? Maybe
2: I've been wrong this whole time. Alan. <laughs> He's playing the
0: long game. Alan. A lot of those people like
2: uh, doctors and chimney sweeps and such. That's that's a limited amount of time that you're going to be.
1: Wasn't living. someone a hobo on that episode? That's, that's what it was. Like somebody day. was like an urchin. <laughs> somebody was a street urchin in the background. <laughs> so who did you want to hug outside of Uncle Phil, obviously?
2: Um, I ended up with a, a three-way tie. Uh, I wanted to hug Balky mm-hmm. Uh I wanted to hug Rose from um, uh, Golden Girls. Golden Girls yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And then I wanted to hug Melora Hardin from, the, <laughs> from the Quincy M.E. episode. Whose best
1: friend was poisoning her.
2: Whose best friend is poisoning her. But also, like, you are going to be one of the best parts of an amazing show one day. Right. Hang in there. You won't have to put horrible punk makeup on you and sing into a mirror forever, Melora Hardin.
1: Okay, so it's Melora Hardin you wanted to hug not the character she was playing. Well, both,
2: I feel. Yeah. I feel like
1: I mean, that poor girl was A, being poisoned, B, being estranged from her family, and C, being made to believe that she had killed her boyfriend with an ice pick at a dance club. (laughs) She had a lot to deal with in 30 minutes.
2: It was his own ice pick, wasn't it?
1: It was. He carried it around in his
2: little ice pick pouch. He
1: took it out to stab. This is a thing that they didn't go into much. <laughs> it really he didn't. took it out to stab someone he was with. Like, oh,
2: I'm gonna stab somebody. It got,
1: he dropped it. Got kicked away, and someone stabbed him with it. That feels kind of just like karma.
2: Yeah. Well, are you gonna be mad at that point? Like, oh no, somebody stabbed me with an ice pick.
1: Right. I, that I took out to stab someone. I got a yeah. chance
2: to stab. Yeah. Nonsense. Well, Miles, what do you think? <laughs>
0: Who has two thumbs and loves hugs. Jesus Christ.
1: The Fonz. Oh, God. He's groping he's around. he's broken.
0: Miles is groping around <laughs> for another opportunity to bring up the Fonz. <laughs> I'm going to give him a big old hug.
1: Where, and what did you learn? Which episode did Not you learn? Th- uh, nothing.
0: <laughs> 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 Not a, no, no, nothing. Cool. Did you learn a lot from that episode about the music that you put out? Are, uh, are
1: those headphones even plugged in, or you just don't listen <laughs> to us the
0: whole time? Hold on a second. I can't hear you over the ball game. <laughs>
1: no! <laughs> Sports ball. The ball game. (laughs) Miles.
0: (laughs) It's just just... ASMR. I'm just
1: like,
0: yes, yes. But but somebody calling a ball game in ASMR. Yeah. Pitcher steps up to the
1: men. What? uh, You were going to say something?
2: (laughs) (laughs) He's feeling the bat. (laughs) And the pitcher throws. (sighs) The crowd goes wild. (sighs) Wait, who's that in the... Who's that? Who's that in left field, standing up, putting two thumbs up?
1: It's the funs. Hey,
2: it's me, the funs.
0: Hey guys, I just ordered a uh, a bag of popcorn. Would you like a bag of popcorn? Oh
1: no! Popcorn. It just became a podcast about sad, quiet foley. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to this (laughs) bonus. Bonus. (laughs) Uh, -bonus Thanks for listening through season two. Thanks for all our new listeners. We picked up in season two. We're excited to come back in just a little while with season three, uh, with more guests and more great episodes and hopefully better snacks. Um, thanks. That's all all about. Not hopefully. (laughs) That's for us. Yeah. Also, thanks again to all of the amazing guests that we had in season two. Yes. Chris Yule, Mary Hollison Bowden, Mary Chifo, Jonathan House, yeah. Kylie Michelle, Lane and Garrett Nobriga, oh. and Brian Otano. Thank you so much Thanks for so joining much. us in season two. We look forward to coming back at you soon.
2: Yeah, more guests, more episodes, better snacks, good times. ASMR. Hey! <laughs> now it's just a jumble of words <laughs> and nonsense. That's hugging and learning.
1: All right, we'll see you soon. Bye! Bring snacks!